Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Smart Creation. Um, for this very first episode, we are meeting with Ricardo Silva. He's head of operation at Tintex and he's based in Portugal. Hello, Ricardo. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Very good. And you? Thanks. Very good as well. So to begin with, I would like you to present yourself and come back on your on your pathway. I really want to know where you come from, uh, what did you study, um, and what's your role in the company at Tintex. Okay, perfect. So my name is Ricardo Silva. I'm a chemical engineer engineer from training. I had uh, started in the tire industry after college, then moved into rubbers, uh, textiles already at the time, but then it changed a few years ago. I changed and came back to Tintex where I am the second generation of the company because it was founded by my father 20 years ago. Um, Tintex is a company uh, that produces jersey fabrics, innovative contemporary jersey fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and our core technology is based on dyeing and finishing techniques. Later on, we started um, really creating and knit the, the raw materials themselves. Uh, is this this business model started maybe 10 years ago, I'd say. According to you, what does it mean, uh, sustainable fashion? So sustainable fashion for me is a complete industry, a complete mindset to create, to produce, to wear, and to dispose um, in a responsible way where we take into consideration not only our wishes and our uh, good looking, but everything that is around us, the environment and the people that is around us. So, thinking a little bit more than one second in what is uh, together with it. I think that's sustainable fashion. Okay, great. Um, now I'd like you to, to explain us what is the difference between the, the conventional products you used to, to make before uh, versus the, the sustainable products you are, you are making now. Can you, can you explain us with very direct examples what is the difference? So this uh, was a trend in our product development a few years ago that now is really settled in our organization. So before we were utilizing maybe randomly uh, the cotton sources without knowing very much where they come from and who was producing it. On this particular field of cotton, our strategy is now very clear. So to utilize better cotton, uh, the best options on, on its growth and on this processing, for example, a uh, concrete case, we replaced the conventional cotton that is produced with normal um, growing conditions by organic cotton to reduce the amount of fertilizers or to eliminate them, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, recycled cotton to reduce the amount of water that is needed to produce the same amount of cotton or the Supima cotton because it has this care about uh, where it is grown and also the environmental impact is reduced. So this was a big, a big step for us to source different and better options for the same product type that mm-hmm. was uh, very interesting. So we can keep the same design, the same uh, the same quality, quality and performance, but improving a lot the impact. Um, and then getting into more technical fibers, 
and for different segments. Um, we started replacing everything that was virgin, like virgin polyester, virgin polyamide that comes directly from, from the um, fossils uh, into its recycled versions mm-hmm. that could have much less impact, at least on the sourcing, on the, on the um, production of the fiber. Because we need to take care about when we recycle or when we use recycled materials, what was the impact to recycle them? Really important to know, but we are quite safe to um, know that it's much better to use recycled materials than virgin ones. So this was another step. And uh, on the elastan, so the spandex, where it is used a lot in different products, especially on intimate or sports, we took the step to replace the virgin one also by recycle or other versions we could have less impact on its production or its end life as well. So cradle to cradle certified as well. So this was a type of approaches, maintain the same performance or end quality of the pro- of the product and even increase them by replacing by sources that could be um, accredited and could get us some more trust on what we do. So Ricardo, uh, can you tell us what you will be presenting uh, next September during the Smart Premier Vision? Uh, what kind of products, uh, of sustainable products you will be presenting? Okay, so on our next collection, we keep our focus on the responsive innovation. Uh, when we develop this type of new materials, we have always in consideration, like I, I've shared before, the fibers and the processes included. Uh, in this next season, we want really to continue this focus on um, the specific fibers like organic cotton or supima cotton on mm-hmm. the cotton um, type of materials. Then Tencel is increasing uh, its share also in the market and in our collections, blended with cotton or alone itself. And then to have more performance for the stretches, we, we always use Elastan on its recycled version uh, so we need to take care about this as well. Okay. Um, and then for specific uh, technical materials for sports, we use also uh, a few materials on recycled polyester and polymide. All your collection are responsible? That's a tough question. Because mm-hmm. um, no one, I think, could say ever that it's fully responsible because there is always uh, some points that could be even more improved. So that's our focus. It's we prove continuously from one season to the other. What I could say is that in every material we developed for this next collection, and already at the last one, we took a big care on the impact we were causing, environmental and social. And for the type of performance we needed for that specific material, we could say we got the best solution there. But if is it really responsible in the end? I don't know. I need, I need to say, I think yes, because for the, for that product, it was the best. Okay. But it did, you need to, to follow specific uh, guidelines for that. So maybe some people could say yes and people could say no. And, and what is a sustainable product? Sustainable product, it, it must be a product that is better than the last one. That <laughs> is having less impact, yeah. less environmental impact and uh, than the last version. So it needs to keep to keep improving uh, time after time. So um, I think this is not an end, it's a journey. We think we need to look at it like that because in a few years, five years, 10 years maybe, we will have much more technology than we have today. Mm. So we will for sure have more sustainable technologies and products than today. We need to keep it that way. That's how I see it. What makes your products and companies stand out from the others? Um, I think we stand out today because we have this integrated into our um, 
culture and philosophy for centuries already, and we we are not afraid of change, of changing, and of testing, trying. We want really to to innovate and to build new new solutions quite fast. So whenever we have an idea, we test. So as we've tested and tried and tried and saw good results, and um, this made us move even faster. So in the end, I think we are. Um, much faster to react and to try. That's it. Yeah. Uh, among the, um, the your collection, what is your favorite product? <laughs> so I'm. It, it is a personal a personal answer, but yeah. um, I, I'm, my favorite materials are the ones that are in contact with with the body, so to to give more comfort. So I I want to touch a material, a garment, and feel this comfort, this luxury through my my hand. So whenever. We develop materials with a very soft touch, with a very silky look, and so on. These are my favorite. Mm. Um, with especially cotton and organic cotton, in this case, I'll, I will put my bet on that. In terms of uh, of your clients, what kind of uh, they are mainly brands or um, or they are also uh, industrial companies? Um, so this is part of this business model uh, change we had a few years ago. And it is quite interesting because in the past, in the old times, our customers were only industrial partners, mm-hmm. mostly knitters, uh, garment manufacturers, for example. Today, I would say that we are in a blend of all of them, but let's say the projects, they start between us and the brands. So I would say our target customers, our target audience are brands mm-hmm. in different parts of the world where we combine and create uh, these business opportunities. and then we have partners on the industrial level to make it happen. Uh, so normally today, I'll say the business happens in three or four ways. It needs to be with us, with the brands, with the manufacturers, with the spinners also in some cases. So we try to make these synergies happen as much as possible because we bring different added value to the customer. Otherwise, it's just a trade and we need to create more than that. We need to have good projects, good combinations because in the end, what we need is that Every consumer is happy with their choices. Yeah. And if we can bring more value from each one of the partners, that's mm. much more interesting. What is a good project for you? So a good project for, for me and for us is the one that we know what we want. We have a concept. We have a story behind. Yeah. And then we, we get the right partner for each one, for its role. I can tell you a story about this. We had this last year. It was very interesting. So we had this project of reducing the amount of water as much as we could at producing a sweatshirt. So this started by, by chance um, in a conversation with, uh, with a friend. So he's, he has a creative agency mm-hmm. and he was contacted by um, a German um, startup brand. So they have this concept of creating these big moves. So, but they didn't know how to do. They had the idea. They knew how to approach the market with crowdfunding and, um, and this type of approaches. They just didn't know where to start and what to do. Mm-hmm. So. In these talks, we were discussing, okay, uh, we need to look really from the beginning, deep on the fiber we are using, the type of materials, dyeing, finishing techniques, and so on. So the idea was starting from a traditional average cotton sweatshirt and reducing as much as we can. So we started from an average number of around 4,500 liters per sweatshirt, and we wanted to save the maximum, right? So in the end, we could, we could get to a sweatshirt made out of modal, which is only utilizing 473 liters per sweatshirt. So it's roughly 90% reduction in water consumption just by looking deeply into the beginning of the process until the end in this closed 
cooperation, no? So here we involved uh, the brands, so they had the concept. Normally the brands have good, very good concepts that they want to promote in, into the market. So then we have the creative agency, we had the garment manufacturers, we were in between to make the needs and to make the processing. We, we selected a very good partner in spinning, and then we selected the right fiber. And then we made this big approach together with an NGO uh, to have also a big social impact, uh, positive impact on this. So that's, for me, one of the best case scenarios we could, we could have. And you are working with um, Brenda Fenicize, I mean? Yes. Yes, yes. That's a, a very good topic because... From an industrial perspective, everyone was used to big business, big volumes, big brands, right? Yeah. But I think it needed to change a lot. People still think about it, but I think it's very wrong because in the past, you had just a few brands, but today, there's so many people in the world having amazing ideas and wanting to share that with the world. So our approach is being flexible as much as we can with big brands that have big, big orders, and then the startup brands, uh, small designers, that younger generations that want to have uh, very good idea. So we needed to adapt our business model, our techniques, our capacities in production levels. Uh, we need to have these logistics um, adjustments. But that's the good part of business. If you adapt, you can really uh, take a big opportunity there. And more and more, this is a focus. It's to be flexible in, in capacity and lose this old mindset of industrial. And according to you, how can the fashion industry can accelerate the sustainable revolution? Um, I think it needs to come from the full supply chain because, but from the end to the beginning, because today in our, in our society, our, our model, we're taking the decisions as the consumers and then the brands and then, um, so on, so on to, to the beginning of the, of the supply chain. So the people decide we need to decide better. I think we, every one of us as a consumer needs to decide better, but for that, we need better solutions into the market. And I think. This is still lacking a little bit. So I would put my answer, if I need to, to name an answer, that the designers, the creators need to accelerate their, their view on the so-called sustainable fashion. Mm. They consider this and they, they took this into account? And I'm seeing this um, in some organizations, in some uh, countries, in some people, yes, I'm seeing this. Maybe they, then they have some limitations on the products because... It needs also to be uh, economically sustainable. And if you have a big organization, a big machine running on specific uh, criteria, if you try to change it too fast, then maybe there is a risk for, for the business. Mm. So it's also complex to change fast. Uh, but I'm seeing some evolution, some change. And um, whenever these guys, whenever they have a chance, I think they can. And they are trying to move. But then you have all the people from sales team, from uh, uh, operations, from uh, sub, from sourcing, buying, and so on. Everyone needs to adapt and needs to consider the better option. Mm. And so that's why it's a, it's a tricky job for the, for the creative guys. Mm -hmm. um, when did you decide to to, um, to to go dramatically into the sustainability um, into sustainability, and why did you decide to do it? I think, if I remember quite well, we took this uh, strategic decision. Uh, five years ago. Yeah. Before that, we were doing, I would say, random activities on uh, reducing the environmental impact yeah. because we were already implementing some measure, measures to reduce the water consumption or to change the, the, the chemical types. But five years ago, we took this strategy from a global perspective. And how? So the first step was to certify the company in different standards because these tools, the certifications are tools for us that help us to yeah. improve. 
So they can make a big, a very good diagnosis on where we are and where we want to go. Mm. So we could understand clearly if we were having already a good methods or not on the sourcing, on internal processing. And this helped us a lot in the beginning. Later on, um, we felt that we need to reduce the impact, right? On yeah. us, on our families, friends, on the, on the world. So we start taking more and more certifications with us from a corporate perspective and products like on the final garment and on, on the final material. So standards that could help us proving and being secure, that's right. what we are doing is not arming anyone or any place. Of course. And this was our journey. I'll say that today changed a little bit as well, mostly because of the new social perspective. So today, I think we included a new way of sustainability, which is the communication and transparency. Because before it was quite difficult to understand where everything is coming from. Now, I would say we know exactly where our yarns are coming, where our cotton is grown, and who is making it. And this is a very special part of sustainability for us because it gives us trust in people, you know, mm-hmm. as a new way of yeah. sustainability. Can you tell us a bit more about your certification? Because it, it looks like there is so many different certifications. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I really want to understand what does it take to get certified? Uh, what's the, what does it cost? Um, uh, how long does mm-hmm. it take? What does it oblige you to do? Et cetera, et cetera. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So uh, we, we look at certifications as helpful tools to make us safe and to make our partners safe mm-hmm. that we are working on the right way, right? So we need to look at it from um, a material perspective. For example, if we look at the simple one that everyone knows, are uh, the Ocotex, which uh, guarantees that the materials are safe for the consumer or the got from the organic cotton and this kind of certification. Yeah. So they say that the fibers, that the process is safe enough for the consumer. I would say this is a, the simple one. Uh, then we need to look also on our own internal uh, company and uh, facility. So, Are we utilizing the best methods to produce it? Are we taking care about the energy we are consuming? Are we taking care about the people working with us? So this is more on the corporate level. Uh, here we have um, some global systems of certification like ISO and so on, one. Uh, uh, so these are corporate certifications on quality and environmental uh, perspectives. Then we needed to look more um, ahead because we knew we were using good chemicals but we needed to be safe and so we could communicate it on the right way. So we took also an approach on um, chemical standards, blue sign in this case, which is leading the way today uh, on the chemical uh, management. So with this, we are quite safe that we are utilizing the best way in the world today for the specific activities. So looking from internal perspective, from the raw materials we are using, and then for the afterlife, so water impact, gas emissions, you know, this complete cycle is very important for us. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it takes a while on the beginning because you are not yet on the, if you are not on this loop of wanting to get things better, not just because of the certification, but for the complete systems, maybe you need to have a kind of a mindset change. It can take maybe one year. After you start that, um, a, any new certification uh, implementation could take, I don't know, six months maybe. It's quite easy because then everyone in the company starts to feel it as a positive way, as an important and need tool to get better. And I'll say today across our activities from different departments and people, everyone is quite um, happy that we are certified in different standards and that we are safe or not. We are doing a thing. 
Yeah, thank you very much. What have been the, the biggest difficulties at the beginning when you decided to move into that direction? Uh, what was so difficult about it? Um, I think it was difficult to change a little bit the mindset in the company. Because mm. if you are used to certain habits, I think it happens in every type of industry. If you are used to certain habits, certain processes, then when you need to comply and organize and have because it's also about bureaucracy and documents in, in a while. So, because it, it helps you getting better, but you need some rules. You need to work with some rules. Yeah. And um, it could be the biggest difficulty in the beginning, um, I would say. But after that, it's just, it's just normal business. Yeah. Do, do you have any tips for, for, for anybody who wants to, to implement that um, to avoid these difficulties? Um, yes, I think I have. So, I think. Communication is, is key. So of course. If normally when, when a certification is being implemented in a company, there is a, a person or a group of people who are really pushing it further into the company. Even the, the board, the board members are pushing it, but then the complete structure is a bit reluctant. So I think the people and the team who is implementing it need to explain very well, uh, clearly listen to, to the questions and explain what is the benefit for the company and for each one of, of us there. So when everyone understands it, that it is a big improvement internally for each one of us and for the business that comes later, I think it's much easier to understand. That, that's the normal resistance for people. But if everyone understands what's important and they're all in it, in, in that, so I, I think it's, it's a major tip I can give. Mm. Last question about certification. Um, what does it cost to get certified? It's a big investment, isn't it? Mm, depends on the standard. Yeah. Um, I could say some certifications cost maybe 1,000 euros or per year or on the first time that you have renovations could cost 500 euros per year. Depends on the standard, depends on the size of the company. Some others cost 40, 50,000 per year. But depends on your goal, depends on the needs and on your own conscience and on your business. So I think it is not a big cost comparing to your uh, business and the output of that. So Thinking on investment, I think that's the way you need to think, not as a cost, but as an investment. It is an investment that pays off really fast. Yeah, when it comes to social and environmental impacts of the company, uh, what are your, your KPIs you are looking at uh, all the time? Um, on the environmental impact in our company, today we are very focused on water yeah. and energy reduction. So as we can measure our, our um, processes, our uh, daily work, we are really striving to reduce the amount of water we are consuming mm. and to increase the amount of water we are reusing and recycling. Yeah. So I could say that this, this year, to, or last year, 2018, we could save 30% of water by just fine-tuning processes and upgrading a few machines. This was a big, a big uh, smile for us. Um, then on energy uh, reduction, like electricity reduction, or you know, uh, we could uh, also measure and make a few upgrades so we installed our we covered our rooftops with solar panels so we could reduce last year about 22.5 percent of the electric needs from outsourcing so we could produce part of it internally mm. and then we as we are an heavy um, utilizer of chemicals and water we need to treat our waste water afterwards so we also measure every day week month and each three months, different parameters on the water and how it is being discharged into the river. And we are very happy to have it very well controlled. And so this is a big plus for us as well. And mm-hmm. um, I'll say it's more about this yeah. on, the, on the environmental perspective. On the social uh, side, um, 
we are focusing on training, on education of people yeah. in our company and across our community. So we are tracking um, the, the type of different initiatives we have in this field and also from um, a well-being perspective and integration in the community. We are having a few activities to connect the community around us and the people inside Syntex with friends, family, what, and people do around. Have, um, so, do you have an example, for example? To, yeah, yes, yes, I have. So last year we started, um, it, was, it was quite fun. We started a big initiative on um, a full planning of social activities. So we nominate the team inside the, inside the company, yeah. like with elections and so on. So these guys, they need to think on activities to promote social welfare, like sports, like um, kids and uh, old people activities getting together, yeah. or when it's the anniversary of someone, these kind of things. We are implementing a lot, and it's very fun when they happen, and after they happen, when people start talking about it and planning the next one. And so to, I think it was yeah, two weeks ago, we, are, we had our sports day. So it was a very nice activity. Great. When it comes to uh, take a big decision in the company, uh, what is the process? So the first point is risk assessment. We need to understand if we take this decision, what will happen? And if we don't take this decision, what will happen? So we need to measure the pros and the cons of, of those. If it is a machine investment, uh, a, a person change, um, a strategy on the business, we need to understand what is going to happen and predict it quite well. Mm. So we need to look at data. We need to analyze to get numbers, figures, to get insights, experiences from before. So this is a challenge most of the times, but that's why it's also very interesting. So we are, you could think it as also a game. So you are, you are competitive, right? So we need to understand if I do this or if I don't do this, what will happen? Can I predict this? Can I win? Can I get it better? And mm -hmm. that's uh, our daily life. It's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. In terms of tra transparency, do, do you do you share your, your social environmental performance publicly to on your website and uh, and um, when when people ask you? Um, we want to make more than we do today. So this is a journey. Today we share some numbers uh, in, with customers. With people that ask us, this is, is common. So about this uh, water, water reduction, the electricity reduction, this we, we try to share as much as we can. Uh, we want to make more. So we are taking um, a step into analyzing our processes and our uh, impacts and make a kind of life cycle assessment on our process and product. So this is very important for us to, to show what we are doing, what is the impact of a specific material or technique, And then these, having all these combined into a global report, that, that's our goal. Yeah. So we are making it step by step mm. and we, have, we want to have our sustainability reports as soon as possible. Yeah. Great. Perfect. So we are coming to the, to the end of the interview. I'm going to ask you a quick rapid fire question. You've got to answer by one word uh, or one sentence maximum. Uh -huh. What are you the most proud of? I'm really proud of my team today. I'm really happy to see the change that is happening in the industry. Yeah internally with the people around Tintex and with our partners. So it has been a big, big change. Mm. And we are on a, such a big evolution that I need to be proud of. This. Yeah. What do you want to close the door to in the industry? Mm -hmm. I want to close the door to the old-fashioned types of business where people only looked at money and their profit and were not really looking at the impact they were having. I think that's the biggest change I want to make. I want to, people to think globally 
in what is the impact for them and for their uh, children and grandchildren here and for everyone in the world. And I think that's the biggest change. Change is coming, but is it is it uh, going uh, fast enough? You think? It is coming. I think the pace is increasing, so it is changing faster and faster as the time is moving and as new generations are coming. So. I'm happy about it and I'm confident that we, we can have this change quite yeah. well. And what is your main source of inspiration when it comes to sustainability? In what industry do you look at? Um, that's a good question. I think today we could look at the food industry because there was such a big revolution. Yes, I think there was such a big revolution because that's what that happened before textile. So before we were eating and having habits that we were not really caring about what we were eating, yeah. but then it changed dramatically because it was uh, touching our bodies. When it changed, you see the comp you saw the complete industry changing the way they were communicating and the way, the way they were making new products. And I think it is happening now at the textile mm. business because people is understanding that textiles are around us. I think it inspired me you know, in a bit. Okay. Um, what is the last piece of clothes you bought? It was an uh, outwear performance jacket. Yeah. And what brand was it? <laughs> I think I should not tell it, no? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. And very last question. Um, who would you like to listen to in this podcast? Who would be your next guest? That's a terrific question. I would like to, to get someone out of the industry. Mm-hmm. From a consumer perspective, someone that is that could be seen as a big influencer and see their perspective today on how this person sees the world in terms of textiles, fashions, and these movements. I want to really to understand how, what is going on. Yeah. And do you have a name? Uh, <laughs> if I have a name, no, no, I don't have a name. Yeah. I have many options, but I leave that to you. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Ricardo. It was a pleasure to interview thank you. you and thank you very much for accepting my invitation. And um, hope to, to, see you, uh, to see you soon in, in real. <laughs> yes, for sure. We will see you very soon. <laughs> thank you, Adrian. <laughs> see you, Ricardo. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. <laughs>